0: You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Corey Johnson and Kush Parikh. Be sure to check us out weekly every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. Also on Instagram at the Nosebleeds. And on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Face, so your fish can get at me. There's so many donuts on them back streets. Sit so high in the nosebleeds. Feel like I can fly.
1: Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast. That's K N O W S bleeds. It's your boy. You already know it's me, Kush Parik, and it's with my co-host, Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how are you doing?
0: So tired, but I'm so glad to be back on the nosebleeds. It's been a hell of a week, non-stop, working every single morning, waking up 5, sometimes 4 a.m. <laughs> but yes. it's just been it's just been hectic. So I'm just Just glad to be talking sports again, especially now that uh, baseball is officially underway.
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot, a lot about baseball today. But let's start off with on this day, July 24th. Happy birthday, Barry Bonds. It's his 56th birthday. A little bit about Barry Bonds. This is going to be taking me a while because this man's resume is just insane. Played 22 years in the majors from the age of 21 to 42. He played with the Pirates and the Giants. And in his 22 years, he accomplished seven MVPs, the most in MLB history, 14 All-Stars, eight Gold Gloves, Silver Slugger Awards, three Hank Aaron Awards, is a part of the 40-40 Club, which is 40 home runs and 40 steals. Is first among position players in wins above replacement, first in all-time home runs, the most home runs in a single season batted just under 300 at 298 batted just below 2000 rbis with 1,996 hit 2,935 hits and stole 514 stolen bases so i mean with all that given where does barry bonds rank among your best players of all time cory
0: uh he's definitely up there uh i haven't really been like I'm not like a, like a savant when it comes to, or a historian when it comes to, to baseball. So a lot of the players that I kind of like grew up or got to see at the tail end of their career, I kind of hold in perspective and high esteem, like guys like Barry Bonds, guys like King Griffey Jr. Um, Even. Even Sammy Sosa, if you go back and look at him, like he had like a hell of a career himself too. But as far as Barry Bond goes, uh, he's definitely a legend. Like even guys still in the majors today consider him a legend of the game. Like Christian Yellich credits Barry Bonds as to why he all of a sudden now has a lot more pop in his bat. And he said one year, like uh, in the offseason, Barry Bonds completely changed his perspective on his swing. And so when you have a a guy like that who can – make the impact not only years ago on the field but now years later with young guys coming up and making names for themselves and trying to make you know stars for themselves I think that just shows uh how influential and how big of a player and how big of a name Barry Bonds is still to this day as far as the game of baseball is concerned
1: Yeah, and notice how when I went through his resume, I did not say Hall of Famer because he's not in the Hall of Fame, even though he's put up all these numbers. And I think it's definitely because he has been caught with the use of steroids uh, while playing. So, I mean, a lot of traditional baseball fans and writers don't consider him the greatest of all time or don't consider him a Hall of Famer because he quote-unquote cheated. So, I mean, I personally would still put him in the Hall of Fame I think he
0: will eventually get there. I think it's just a matter of because time is not on his side, like as far as voting process goes. Cause I think like you only get like a certain amount of like opportunities where on you the can ballot. Be, yeah. So that's the only thing is whether or not you can more so get maybe some newer age writers and maybe some 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 guys who uh are more so being a little bit more lenient, yeah, as far as that goes but because when like you put said, up those
1: numbers there's i mean even if you cheat part of it yes busy. part of it
0: yes is the is the help of steroids but at the same time he was already a, a freak of nature in itself
1: for sure but not only that it's like well there's been multiple players that have used steroids and none have put up anything close to what barry bonds
0: that's what i mean did, so, so i mean like he was a cheat code already and then he just made himself even that much more of a cheat code
1: <laughs> so Yeah, he really didn't need to use steroids. Didn't need to,
0: but at the time, it's like, I just recall, like, with Lance Armstrong, in a sport where pretty much everybody is doing it and everybody is using some sort of performance enhancer, he felt like, if I don't use this, I'm going to get left in the dust. And so you can maybe make the same case. I don't want to put words into the man's mouth, but at the same time, it's like, you understand being in an environment where, everybody is doing something that is wrong, but no one's saying anything or they're not getting caught up or they're not, you know, seeing any sort of uh, consequences for it. You're kind of in a situation where it's like, I don't want to get left in the dust or I don't want somebody to pass me up or I don't want my numbers to not reflect what they should because I wasn't using a substance or I allowed other guys to pass me up in numbers because they were doing stuff that, you know, I wasn't. So, so it's all about competition at the end of the day. And at the at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and making sure that you have, uh, that you're being as competitive as possible. So I don't begrudge guys who do steroids, uh, who did steroids back then. Um, I think now it's a little bit more different as far as like with the the different, technology and the knowledge of medicine and the knowledge of being able to prevent you know certain injuries and things of that nature um, players didn't have all that back then compared to now and I think now steroids using it now seems like it, it, it garners on more so I lean more towards so it being cheating now versus it being cheating back then I say that just because back then it felt like uh Things were a lot different compared to they are now, so i, I now, if, if guys get caught up with steroids or guys get caught up using performance enhancers um, i I just i't I don't, I don't see the need for it for right now.
1: very interesting take um actually, a little fun fact I was reading up on this. obviously, most people know that Barry Bond's father, Bobby Bonds, was in the league. he was a three time all star in the league but his cousin is Hall of Famer Reggie Jackson. Did you know that, Corey? I
0: had no idea. Yeah, I actually just found (laughs) that out right now, too.
1: That is his cousin, so that's pretty cool. Fun fact of the day. But all right, let's start with opening day. Yesterday, Thursday, we had two games to kick off the MLB season. Yankees at Nationals, and we had the Giants at Dodgers. So let's start with the Yankees at Nationals, which was the first game. The big news coming into the game was – Juan Soto tested positive that morning for COVID nineteen, yes. and the Nationals are fearful because he was taking batting practice with the team on Wednesday. So they've traced back to everyone he's come in contact with, and they're now waiting. They've all been tested, and they're now awaiting the results for the test and they should be coming out on Friday. Um, so hopefully, doesn't they're negative. A lot of yeah, hopefully they're negative, and, yeah. and the Nationals remain healthy. But I mean. Juan Soto, he hit 34 home runs last year, drove in 110 runs, and batted just above 280 last season. And he was a gigantic reason why the Nationals won the World Series last year.
0: Yeah, he was um, a big-time guy as far as, like, in their playoff run. Like, his energy especially, especially when he's in, like, the batter's box and that little shimmy that he does after every pitch. <laughs> I think it, yeah. I think sometimes does get in pitchers' heads. I think oh, it does sure. get in their heads. And they're, they're, like, it kind of, like, when you first see it, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa, what the heck was he doing? And so it kind of throws you off a bit. But he's a guy that they're definitely going to need if they're trying to make another push again to the World Series and win back-to-back World Series.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he he's required to test negative twice before he can return. So, I mean, let's That could just... be,
0: like, what, two, three, four weeks of the season gone for him?
1: Well, I would I, I would say about two, maybe 10 to 14 days that he would miss – But in such a shortened season, that's about a sixth of a season right there, which is a huge loss. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, we know every game counts, and losing your best hitter in the lineup in that ratio to total games, that hurts a lot. Extremely. And, I mean, we were watching the game, and then it was – the Yankees were up 4-1, and then all of a sudden a gigantic storm came in, and there was a huge rain delay. The first game of our season – yeah, people and everyone on Twitter were like, yeah, yeah they're yeah. like, we, we waited over 260 days. What is another four hours, another day? But it's just like, damn, that just that just speaks of how 2020 has been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what
0: I was saying. 2020. This is it's just pretty much 2020 at this yeah. point.
1: Yeah. So they eventually called it with the final line of five innings and the Yankees winning four to one. But also another storyline coming into the game were the two aces, uh, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer, who were taking the mound for both teams. And this was a matchup we wouldn't be seeing until the World Series with the original regular season schedule. But because the whole new rescheduling because of the 60-game season, we got to see it on day one. Um, Let's start off with Max Scherzer. Personally, from what I saw, he had a rough start. It was a very up-and-down start for him. Um, Yeah, I
0: think that home run by Stanton really rocked him uh, early on. Like, just that was a monster shot by Stanton. and He knew it as soon as he got hold of it, too. Uh, And the Yankees just jumping out early on him. That that can rattle, I think, a pitcher's confidence. And, you know, this being first game of the season, no fans in the stands, uh, totally different environment, trying to get used to it. It's all about rhythm with pitchers. And that first inning kind of sets the tone for an outing for uh i think any pitcher and so with him having kind of like a shaky uh first inning that kind of you saw that ripple on into the the rest of the uh of the night for him and even though he you know by his standards you know was punching guys out still gave up the four runs still gave up a big home run that you know as as you know an ace you never want to see and i think uh scherzer kind of is looking at that performance and wondering like uh, I think that first inning. If if I had a better first inning, I think that kind of helps out my team going forward. And maybe it's a closer ball game, and maybe they're not on the wrong end of a four one loss.
1: Yeah, it's actually funny that you talked about the Staten homer because right now in the background I'm watching the Mets and Braves game right now, and literally right when you said that, they showed Staton's home run that he just hit. <laughs> so It's kind of true. ESPN's watching us. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: No, but yeah, Scherzer. I mean, had a rough start, but he finally found his groove and. I mean he struck out 11 batters which is the third consecutive opening start which he's thrown 10 strikeouts which is absolutely incredible but I mean come the the fourth and fifth inning he started to struggle he started to walk batters he was missing high he was missing the strike zone a lot I should say and it wasn't even like borderline pitches he was missing them by a good margin so the rust was definitely there but um he, he was done after, obviously, he was done when the, when the rain delay came. But let's go on to the other guy, Garrett Cole. I mean, this guy just signed a gigantic contract for the Yankees after coming off a career year, and I would even say a historic year for pitchers in general, and this guy made all Yankee fans take note that that contract was fully worth
0: Signing for? hey um, I mean, some Yankee fans would be like, "Well, I mean, it is only first game, so we'll see how he does the whole season." But, I mean, yeah, to be honest, so the far, guy, so the
1: guy threw one so bad far, pitch so the entire game. Oh yeah, my, pitch, yeah, that was that was to Adam Eaton, his Adam Eaton run. Yep, and that yep. was the only hit he gave up the entire game. So, yeah, I mean, he had games.
0: them. He had he had he had them. Uh, in the words of Sam Darnold, he had the the national seeing ghost out there. They they couldn't hit nothing. Couldn't touch him at all.
1: But that just goes to show that, I mean, losing Juan Soto and then obviously losing Anthony Rendon from last year, they were facing – he was definitely facing a depleted Washington Nationals lineup. So, I mean, take it take it how you want. But he had a, he had a good outing for putting a brand-new jersey on.
0: Oh, but, yeah, most definitely.
1: But, I mean, a, a lot of the talks about the Yankees this season has been their health. And if the regular season had started on time, the Yankees would not be the Yankees because they would have been missing Giancarlo, Stanton, and Judge for a good, like for, for the beginning of the season at least. But this whole hiatus like has helped two, them the months.
0: months. Yeah, like maybe like two months or so.
1: This, this hiatus has really, really helped them. And we saw it last night because Stanton and Judge looked amazing. They had obviously an extended offseason to get completely healthy and they looked healthy and then some. They combined. 4 for 6 and accounted for all 4 of the Yankees' runs. So
0: I think the, the the scary thing is that when you have uh like my dad always used to tell me like there's a difference between uh having like a a, a horse and a thoroughbred. Like you can have a nice horse, like if you go to the track, you, you know, you could distinguish the horse from the thoroughbred. The thoroughbreds, they just they just dominate and they get out uh, they get out the blocks and they are just fast as you don't know what and so you got two thoroughbreds with Stanton and and Judge there and those guys um I think the scary thing is is that you didn't even need like Glaber Torres to really get heavily involved in the offense um uh gardner even, really wasn't they
1: didn't even have uh dj LeMahieu this first game yeah 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 exactly like coming back from recovering from covid i mean he's fully recovered yeah. he took bp and everything but i think they wanted to give him an extra day off just you know to get back into and i think things. that's
0: that's what's kind of scary about the yankees is just how versatile their their lineup and their roster is is that they can Insane. have so many different guys that can just pop and we'll get into the other team that maybe can do the same thing in the, in the second game that we saw, uh, of opening day. Uh, but overall, yeah, their bo- that-
1: bottom of the lineup, their seven, eight, nine guys can all produce 20 plus home runs. They did it last year with Brett Gardner, Urshela and Luke So I mean, and I think in scary. a 60
0: game season, I think if you look for them to get like, at least like maybe between 10, 15, that's that's pretty that's pretty tough to deal with yeah. it's pretty tough to deal with so i mean if judge like if you see like judge and stanton hitting in like like maybe like the low 300s and like i would probably assume like stanton's probably gonna hit mid 200s and well and get...
1: not not only just from a baseball perspective from but from a physical yeah aspect as well he looked a lot leaner and mm-hmm. and even the uh, commentators were noticing that as well and we saw that with this first home run of his first at-bat going 460 feet damn near.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, overall, I just, I just think that those guys are going to be very important for them. Like, as far as we said uh, when we were making our predictions, um, the key for the Yankees is going to be health. If they stay healthy, is it's, it's going to be very tough for any team to match them. Not saying no team can touch them. Not saying that at all. It's just they are the favorites for a reason because when they're healthy – it's hard to come up against that Yankees lineup when everybody is just on fire. When when you got Garrett Cole doing his thing on the mound, and you got Stanton and Judge in the lineup, it's, it's tough. It's and tough. We not even but... we didn't
1: even see their strongest aspect of their team, which is their bullpen too.
0: Right. Didn't (laughs) mean to. Didn't mean to. They they got the night off, so.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. All right, let's move on to our other game. We had the Giants at the Dodgers. There's a couple storylines coming into this game. The first one was the big one, which is Mookie Betts, the $392 million man. Uh, Betts in the Dodgers. Yep. The bets and, and the Dodgers agreed to a 12-year, $365 million extension. Combine that with his current one-year, $27 million deal that he's on this year. That puts his contract at a total of 13 years, $392 million. And he'll be locked under contract until 2032, where he'll be about 40 years old right now. So a little bit of Mookie's <laughs> resume. He turns 28 in October. He's already bagged an MVP from 2018 as a four time All Star, three time Silver Slugger, four time Gold Glove. And in his six years in the MLB, he's hit 139 home runs and has stolen 126 bases and was a part of the 30 30 Club in his MVP campaign.
0: I think he has like one of the best wars in uh, MLB, like uh, wins against replacement. I think
1: through the past like four seasons in the last four seasons he's right behind Mike Trout
0: yeah so like when you talk about getting a, a really good asset <laughs> the Dodgers definitely made a, a good move as far as acquiring Mookie Betts the thing that I was more so concerned with was the other part of their trade was David Price but he's not playing so but it's uh, not only and-
1: that the Red Sox uh, so David Price was supposed to make I think 31 million dollars a year right. or something like that and in this trade, the Red Sox said, we'll pay for half of his salary. So, and yeah, we'll it's, it's the looking the like Dodgers, a finesse. It's
0: looking like a finesse right the now. The
1: Dodgers literally stole him from the Red Sox. And, I mean, Red Sox fans, tune out for a little bit right now, but you guys got finesse. Literally, yeah. I would say that Mookie Betts is the second best outfielder after Mike Trout right now.
0: You would not be wrong. If you look at, like, his resume and his stats, it's really hard to argue, at least – just looking at American league wise, it's hard to argue that when you talk about a, an all around player that can do it in the outfield with the bat, then yeah. I mean, he was a hell MVP for a reason uh, a couple of years ago. So when he helped them get to help the Red Sox get to the world series. So I don't know. It's just an interesting situation with the Red Sox, you know, trading him away um, and that decision that they, that came down with, um, it all ended up coming through as far as I believe that I don't know if Mookie was satisfied with how he was being paid, how he was being paid. And so I don't know what the Red Sox were offering, but it's hard to, to to, when you look at what the Dodgers offered him, you wonder where, how far off were the Red Sox in, in, in as far as offering Uh, anything, was it at least anywhere near close? Because if it was close, then you have to wonder, maybe Mookie just wasn't that inclined to maybe want to stay in Boston.
1: I think that was the biggest thing is that he wasn't inclined. But also, I mean, if you're the Dodgers, you had arguably the best lineup in baseball already. And then you had this guy to it. Like, you look at the firepower. Their lineup last night was Muncie, Betts, Bellinger, Turner, Seager, Kike, Jock, Pollock and Austin Barnes, and I mean, eight out of those nine hitters are capable of twenty-plus home run game or a season in a regular 162-game season. But I think the biggest thing is that their team is going to look a lot different now because if you just gave Mookie this contract, you have a 23-year-old who is making a name for himself, who won MVP last year, and Cody Bellinger, who's gonna probably ask for a contract of the same magnitude, and if that's the case you're probably going to have to say bye to Kershaw, who's a free agent in 2022. i going to have to say bye to Kenley Jansen in 2022. He's a free agent. And then Justin Turner in 2021 is a free agent. But credit most-
0: to the Dodgers though, because they're already moving. I don't want to say they're moving on from Kershaw, but they're already thinking about the future beyond Kershaw. Cause they got, you know, a guy who we're going to get into a little bit later in Dustin May, they got, walker bueller who's looking like a potential ace for them and then they still have so much talent in 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 the minors as well coming up through the ranks too and so that that's the scary thing about these these teams now because before um the small market teams were able to to just be able to compete via the fact that big market teams would just try to get the biggest name free agents pay them a lot of money and not worry too much uh, about prospects now um, teams now see the the benefits of thinking about not just winning now but also thinking about let's also win in the future and be competitive in the future and the Dodgers have done a great job of that I mean you look at like you said Bellinger's there Muncie's there they're still relatively young you still got Corey Seager I mean, people forget Corey Seager is still relatively young too. I mean, the only thing is that, you know, you just worry about the injury history, but it's no problem. They got a potential rookie of the year candidate in (laughs) Luntz as a shortstop as well. So it's just crazy how the Dodgers have so much talent and young talent as well at their disposal. And it's like, you you look at all these other small market teams, they would probably love to have some of the young guys that the Dodgers have at their in their in their in their system
1: yeah i would definitely say that dodgers have a top five farm system and which is crazy to say given and money. and money given that they are literally a top three team in the mlb and they have a top five farm system like you said with gavin lux with dustin may with yeah, gavin so i mean they they got it and i mean C- cody bellinger is also still in arbitration until 2024 so he still has some time but i mean Damn, they got Mookie Betts. So it's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's uh, talk about Dustin May because Kershaw was supposed to take the mound, which was supposed to be his ninth straight opening day start. But he tweaked his back on Tuesday working out. On Wednesday, he felt better. So the Dodgers and him both said, okay, Thursday a go to start. And then come Thursday, he said he wasn't feeling as good. And uh, Dustin May was optioned. He wasn't going to make the 30-man roster, but they recalled him up to get the opening day start. And boy, did he do good. I mean, first of all, this guy is 22 years old, which was the youngest and the first Dodgers rookie since 1983 to be named opening day starter. And in 1983, it was Fernando Valenzuela. So that's some good company to be with. Um, And he was the 23rd best prospect in MLB pipeline. And boy, this dude's pitching. He had a two seam fastball or slider that was hitting about 97 to a hundred miles an hour with crazy movement on it. It was absolutely insane. And, and the fact for- that
0: he's going toe to toe against a guy who's like, let you know, he's, he, he, at one point, I thought he was, like, one of the best in Johnny Cueto. I mean – I mean,
1: he looked amazing last he, night, too. He was,
0: he's been pretty good. So, I mean, the fact that he was keeping pace and keeping the, the Giants at bay, and that this game wasn't – you look at the the score and you think, like, oh, wow, the Dodgers just, just killed the Giants. and It was like it only took one inning for, for this game to go from being neck and neck and close as can be to all of a sudden it's just, like, done. It's game over. Next – on to on to game two
1: <laughs> yeah I mean but I would say Dustin May did I, w- I wouldn't call it luck so much but he was he did benefit from a very weak and depleted Giants lineup I mean they don't have Buster Posey they didn't have uh Brennan Belt they didn't have Evan Longoria in the lineup either so right Buster Posey obviously opted out for the season but then Longoria and Belt those guys are dealing with injuries right now but still, he looked great. He allowed seven hits, four strikeouts and four and one thirds inning, and only allowed one run. Uh, given the giant, the the Dodgers were playing a lot of shift defense on the Giants, and the Giants were doing a good job hitting away from the shift. But they just couldn't bring runs in, and that's a credit to Dustin May and the defense he had behind him. But. He's going to be a great addition to a Kershaw, Bueller, Urias, and Stripling rotation. <laughs> and uh, the there, yeah, they, they were
0: trying to get rid of Stripling too, mm-hmm. but they were able to still retain him. And so you still now, and now with Price now no longer, you know, opting out, now Stripling is able to be <laughs> on your pitching staff. So, yeah. uh, like, it's just it's just amazing how things work out when, like, you know, Price not able to go now. Stripling's there. And like I said, they have so many young arms and it's like the case, I think for the Dodgers f- that could prevent them from winning the world series is while youth is, is a plus and, and it's good to have all these young guys on your team. And it, it presents uh, a lot of different problems as far as lineups and, and cause you have so much talent and firepower at your disposal at the same time. You still have to consider the fact that with, you know, Uri Urius uh and 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 Stripling and Bueller, you know, these guys are young. So they are gonna make some mistakes. And mistakes are, are are gonna happen. And if they come across guys who prey on those mistakes, they're gonna get punished for it. And they're gonna get taken taken yard. So I mean, I think Urius, the fact that he has kind of been up and down and uh He's he's had like you know his struggles in the past. I think that's good for him because he remembers what it was like getting that that call you know to be sent down and stuff like that. So that kind of could be ringing in the back of his head. But overall, uh, just talking about the Dodgers' firepower, who would have thought like game one that it would have been Kike Hernandez who would have stole the show mm-hmm. <laughs> out of all kinds? You know, <laughs> everybody kind of expected bets. Yeah, that, that just
1: goes to show that how. Crazy this lineup is and this Dodger team is. Yeah. Because even when they brought in their bullpen, they were still solid with Caleb Ferguson and uh Kleric as well, too. So I mean the Dodgers look good. But and but with the Giants, I mean, they had their brand new manager in Gabe Kepler, who <laughs> is the first year and and previously was a manager for the Phillies for two seasons. And the Giants would look like they were doing an amazing job for how depleted their team was.
0: Right. Like
1: you said, once their, once Cueto went out and the bullpen came in, it was just game over. It was lights
0: out. It was lights out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so. I think the biggest thing in a, a part of the opening day was the whole Black Lives Matter movement uh, across the league, uh, both, games they had players holding a black rope to signify unity and took a knee together some players in the Giants and Dodgers game took a knee during the national anthem and the Black Lives Matter and the MLB logo was stenciled onto the mound on both games and I think more teams are going to be doing that uh this season
0: yeah yeah uh even uh Mookie Betts was one of the players who uh was uh taking a knee uh in support of uh Black Lives Matter and uh it was interesting that Aaron Judge uh, said about how like the Yankees as a team had decided prior to the game, like as a team, we're going to do this. And I think I like that more. And I get like everybody is different and everybody has their own beliefs and everybody, you know, you're your own man. You, you know, do do what you want. But I, I think that because I was told I remember, you know, being on a team and my coach was like, if you're going to do something, make sure you do it as a team. Because it just looks to me. it. Does, I don't want to say it looks weird, but it looks better if the whole team is doing it versus like maybe like one or two guys or like, you know, a few or a handful of guys are doing it. And it's not to say that like, if you don't do it, then you're not in support. Or if you don't do it, then, you know, a finger should be pointed at you or shame should be cast upon you. But if you're going to do something, I think as a team, you should all decide like, Hey, this is what we're doing. You know, anybody got a problem with it or, you know, anybody want to talk about it? Like, you know, let's, let's, Let's clear the air about what we're going to do as a team before or um, uh, or, or even during, like, a game.
1: Yeah, for sure. And another big storyline coming into opening day was obviously the no fans in the crowd. And, boy, did it feel weird watching a game with no yeah. fans and the artificial yeah, you feel noises. <laughs> and there was, like, uh, some audio, like, tweaks where it would just be strictly the broadcaster, then you'd randomly hear – the inside the stadium, like sounds and PA and all that stuff, and you just hear like a crowd roaring, and it's just like, but it'd be like a wide shot of the entire stadium with no fans. <laughs> like you hear crowd It's just like, this is very, yeah. This is weird. This, this is, is weird. off.
0: <laughs> it sounds off. And then it's crazy because this was like opening day, and you got the Nationals, the defending World Series champions, who. Like they get to the raise up like the flag, you know, symbolizing that they that they're coming off the World Series championship. But it's like, and their first don't even get to that that too. yeah, exactly. Don't even get to to celebrate it in front of the fans. They just Seriously. like, wow, this is kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And anyway, I mean, when when home runs were hit into the stands too, they'd just be chilling there for like probably five minutes until someone finally retrieves them and
0: it's yeah it's it's so weird like if 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 you you watch like like a
1: normal game there's literally people headhunting for that ball exactly
0: exactly and it's crazy because like also when you think about the announcers like they're building up like the home run and they're like giving like a call like i was watching the highlights and i uh you get to uh see for like the yankees uh nationals when stanton hits the home run uh and the announcers like talking about it is high it is far it is gone and i'm like i was I'm just looking around like okay all right <laughs> yeah. uh the hype for that's kind of like depleted but okay yeah.
1: cool. were, cool. it was very anticlimactic and i think that's why like regardless of the sports coming like which sport it is that that's why i say impact. fans I think makes such a huge big it's well, well now that the announcers i feel like obviously have the weight of being an announcer in itself but now they have the weight on their shoulders of they have to make up for you
0: have to make 20, it a thousand fans you have to make it entertaining
1: Yeah. So, and I mean, also with the commentators weren't even in the stadiums. They were like in a MLB studio in ESPN. And you could definitely tell there was a delay when they ever, they brought someone in for a Zoom call or something like that. So it'd just be a lot of cutting off, like in delay and stuff like that. So it's very weird. Something we're definitely going to have to get used to. Indeed. All right, now let's move on. We had the MLB Players Speaking of getting used to. <laughs> yeah, we had the MLB Players Association and MLB approved of a 16-team playoff expansion. The new format has expanded from 10 to 16 teams for this season only, 2020. They, I mean, depending on how successful it is or how unsuccessful it is, they'll decide whether they want to still roll with this for the future. All division winners will make it like before but now all second place teams in the division will make it as well. And then the last two teams from each league will be the next teams with the best record, like the wild card, but obviously they won't have a quote unquote play in like the wild card round. And then the, the first round will be all four game, or sorry, all the first round of all four series in the league will be a three game series. And all those games will be played at the, higher seeds home field so it's no going back and forth and then the remaining rounds will be the customary lengths as the divisional series championship series and the world series were before and the way they determine tiebreakers are uh head-to-head record and if that didn't happen then it's followed by a better division record so what are your thoughts on this new format cory
0: um i was gonna ask you like what do you think like like came about like as far as them wanting to make this change literally the day of the season starting
1: well it was always in talks I believe with the with the players association the owners right um, but I I think originally it was 14 teams. And now that it's 16 teams, it's kind of surprising because they expanded it more. This is more like a sweet 16 or like the NBA playoffs, if you will. Exactly. So It's interesting that now you have a higher chance to make the playoffs rather than not make the playoffs. And like, it's like the MLB was one of the hardest sports to make, or MLB was one of the hardest leagues to make the playoffs because of how little and consolidated it was. So it's very interesting that they came about this, but I'm not surprised because given probably the amount of revenue they're losing from such a shortened season and obviously come playoff time, that's when they get their most viewership. So I think they wanted to expand on that, make trying to make as much money as they can with the, the TV rating. So that's why I think obviously adding a whole round with three game series. So that's potentially three games multiply that by eight series. That's uh, 24 games more that potentially could be televised so i think that's that's why the mlb went about this and they did it that's why they said they did it only this season and they're not going through with it in the future unless it is super successful and they end up
0: yeah that's what i'm saying like i think this is a, a really good thing because we for so many years um like people who have paid attention to mlb but not haven't been like baseball purists or MLB purists of like loving the fact that it's 162 games. And then for so long there was only one wild card and then they expanded it to two wild cards. And then, you know, I think that the one of the things that you can look at on the positive side of this pandemic, as far as sports is concerned, is just how much innovation mm-hmm. is starting to take place and how much newness and how like all the different things that you, theorized or proposed as a kid or in middle school or you know whatever and you thought like what if you know baseball did this or what if basketball did this or what if they decided to change this or they're thinking about it and it's not crazy to to think like maybe this could go into play or maybe they could add this or because they're trying desperately to do whatever possible to get people to watch. and,
1: get and I, To, I, to that point, I definitely think the MLB was under the biggest criticism of exactly what you said, and that's why they've done a great job in making strides to make changes to make it more interesting for fans, like the universal DH, the starting uh, runner on second base for extra innings, the, the expanded playoffs now. So I think it's definitely something to engage in the fans more. And I think so far all their moves that they have done have been positives for, for me, who is – Baseball is not my number one sport, but I obviously still watch it. So it makes the game obviously more interesting for me. So I'm I'm glad that baseball did this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think when you think about it, uh, it, it adds on to the uh, – now it gives hope to teams who maybe going into the season were thinking like, well, I mean, we're assuming – like if you're like the Padres or uh, – you know, a team outside of the Dodgers in the NOS, maybe you weren't thinking like we're gonna make it to the postseason. But now with it expanding, you kind of think like, hey, we got a shot. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's not outside of the the realm of possibility that we just have to depend on trying to get a wild card. We got a shot to actually be be in this thing. So so now it it it, it provides hope. And we talk about the NFL. They do, the NFL does this so well every single year with the NFL every. For the most part, almost every team thinks this is our year. This is our year to be able to have an opportunity. And so I'm like, why not take this opportunity with baseball to give hope to every single fan out there that, like, hey, maybe your team could get to the playoffs this year. It's not that – it wouldn't be that shocking. So um, I think this is a great thing. I think this is something that, if it if it's successful, like you said, could have a ripple effect. I would. I don't know how they could, you know – maybe it with the, the, the current uh, – with the regular normal playoff format. But if they were able to, to get it down to where you can maybe have a, 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 an expanded 16-team playoff for a consistent – like re- a regular basis, I, I'm all for it. Because more games, you have more opportunities to see different players that you normally wouldn't watch. Because when it's the playoffs, it's a national stage. It's an opportunity for anybody to become a star. Because like you said, like with the Sweet 16 mentioning with uh, the NCAA tournament, the NCAA tournament, the greatness about the tournament is that when a team pops off, you get to learn about different schools you never even heard of, players you never even heard of, guys who this might be their last go of playing team-oriented basketball. So this is a good opportunity for MLB to shine a light not only on making money but shine a light on their game. Because not everybody knows about every single star player in their sport, which is a travesty in itself. But now this gives opportunity to give the casual fans the opportunity to see all the stars across the league if they are able to to get to the postseason.
1: Yeah, and in the interview yesterday during the Yankees national game, Rob Manfred also said that this is... Not going to mess with the MLB season's timeline. They're still going to end in October and not go into May- or November's, which is great for, you know, the coronavirus concerns. But also, I think this whole expansion of the playoffs is a great way to make teams not tank. And you see this in a bunch exactly. of different sports. You've seen NBA it in the especially. NBA with, yeah. the, with the draft lottery, the percentages they've changed. You've seen it with the NFL allowing two more teams to make the playoffs now. And then now you're seeing it with the MLB allowing more teams to make it, giving them more incentive to try to want to make a playoff spot. But there is the whole other side of the story where a lot of traditionalists, I was talking with one of my really good friends, Who's a diehard Dodgers fan, and he was saying that I'm more of a traditionalist, and I do not like this rule at all because I'm the I'm a Dodgers, and you have the number one seed. Instead of potentially, you know, playing um maybe maybe the the Diamondbacks, let's say who who might have gotten that last wild card spot or who wins a wild card and they would play now. If the Diamondbacks get the second seed, they're either getting uh number four through number six seed with the second best record in that division and right. now as the number one seed for the dodgers you may be caught playing someone like the reds someone like the brewers someone like the cubs which maybe is now the, a lot yeah tougher like a team for, from the nl
0: east like
1: <laughs> yeah so that's what i'm saying it's like it's a lot tougher because it it kind of shifts the whole like you could have been playing your the second team in your division which is a lot weaker than maybe the third or fourth team in another division, which is insane.
0: I get it. I get it. That's frustrating. I get yeah. it. And again, if you are victorious and you come through and you end up winning it, uh, I, I don't know. I, I understand like the matchup perspective of uh, of wanting to to be rewarded for all your hard work in the in the regular season and and, and get a, a quote unquote weaker opponent. But at the end of the day, I, I think in the playoffs you 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 should be focused on trying to just take care of whoever you come up against like uh, I remember one year I think in the NBA I think it was like either like the Spurs or somebody purposefully they won't admit this they won't say like you know they lost on purpose but they made sure that they it was getting later on in the season and they were looking at the standings later like yo we don't want to have to face off against the Grizzlies so let's just lose one of these games real quick so that way we can drop in the standings and not have to play them. So I I get it. I get it. But that's strategic. And and that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's gamesmanship and understanding like, look, we don't want to have to face up against this matchup. So maybe later on in the season, maybe you have to figure out and you have to look at like, okay, if we, if we come in this position, then we have to play this team. You know, but if you if you're worried about that if you're worried about like trying to figure out like oh I I don't want to have to play these guys in the first round cuz they could beat us then, then then are you trying to win cuz i mean at the end of the day i would rather face i would rather face like you know tough opponents in competition cuz then it shows like look we beat all these different teams and you could have a case where like whoever comes out at the end of this winning the world series could potentially claim Yes, this was a shortened season. Yeah, we didn't play 162 games. Yeah, we didn't have an all-star game. and We didn't have, like, you know, all the, the, the regular things of a, re, a, a normal season. But, damn, we went through all these different uh, opponents and we went through all these different teams. Yo, this is a legitimate World Series. I don't care what anybody says. This is a legitimate World Series, regardless of it being shortened or not. This is a legitimate – some – you could even argue – it's tougher to win now than ever before.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that. Also, an, another argument my friend was saying is that, um, you know, the last month of baseball is when we see the most competitive baseball because everyone is trying to fight for those wild card spots. There's only two of them, and you still have, what, there's 15 teams in each league, top three make the playoffs so I mean you still have 12 more teams that are fighting for those last two wild card but and, and normally it comes down to maybe about six teams so you're like on all high alert that last month of uh, baseball but I, I think that's still there right now because now it's I mean you may have more of a lock for making the playoffs but it definitely has the seating matters
0: yeah like you like we were just talking about it's yeah like maybe you don't want to come up against <laughs> the the let's say the American League you don't want to come up against the Astros or the Yankees in the first round so maybe it's like hey we want to get us a, a better matchup so mm-hmm. let, maybe let's take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit <laughs> so but yeah. yeah I think it's just gonna be fun either way because I like the element of that wild card like I know people like hate the fact like all we played like all this time uh 160 something games and then Uh, the wild card plays only one game to decide who moves on but I like that because it's like look you had so much time to not be in this position so it is what it is but I I like the expansion of this playoff format because like I said you get more bang for your buck in my in my opinion
1: yeah for sure well it's going to be interesting because we have a lot of the traditional traditionalists versus the new fans coming in so it's interesting but let's move on. We got news that the Blue Jays will be playing in Buffalo at Salem Field, the home of their the team's AAA affiliate, the Buffalo Bison. So, I mean, that's – finally they found a stadium. And it's kind of funny because the Buffalo Bisons and the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> so now you have the Blue Jays. But, um, yeah, this is after the Toronto team was denied by Canada to have – their home games at Rogers Center due to the multiple cross-border travels for the team's away games.
0: I can only imagine what those tailgates are going to look like. (laughs) they're going to be doing (laughs) Those tailgates would be crazy if you could be able to be – Jumping off the top rope on those tables. (laughs) Exactly exactly oh man that's that's literally all i think but i think of buffalo sports that's what i am be thinking this is the tailgates are crazy that's i it. mean you
1: don't think about the sabers and i think that's all they have over there
0: nah nah but yeah as far as like buffalo you think like yo they're crazy as far as their tailgating tailgating their sports go but overall i think it's going to be a good thing that the the blue jays are going to be able to at least be able to play not have to share a stadium you know what I mean? Because I thought that – because like you said, like you were saying, like how is that going to work if they have a game and then the other team has a game on the same days? It would be kind like yeah, of like a top of interest. The, yeah. So better I mean, It kind of
1: sucks that it's not as, you know, high-tech as a major league stadium, so they won't get like the full like, cry- crowd noises or whatever the case may be, but it's also triple A stadiums. Like it's not like they're smaller stadiums. They're still major league-sized stadiums as well too, so – it's going to be interesting, and, I mean, you don't have to worry about the fans either. If fans come into the into the equation, then you may have to find a new stadium. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't
0: think that's going to be happening because it's, like, shortened season. If this was, like, if they were still going for, like, the, the traditional maybe, like, 162 or if it was, like, 100 games, maybe, possibly, but I doubt it.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get into our MLB award predictions with the season starting. Oh, we here we go. This off. So by the end of the season, we'll make an episode where we can look back and see whether we were accurate or we were completely off, which is happens more than often, unfortunately. But let's start off with the AL MVP. I think we both have Mike Trout.
0: Yep, Mike Trout.
1: I mean, he recently came out and said that he is playing this season after initially being hesitant about playing due to him and his wife's firstborn, expected to be born on August 3rd. So, I mean, after saying that he's playing, and the way he's been swinging the bat at summer camp, I've been watching the inter-squad games, the only way he doesn't win MVP is if he changes his mind and he opts out after his baby's birth. But I I, agree I don't see you. him not winning it.
0: I agree with you because I, I, I just look at – because I think when you look at the odds, he's the favorite, and then behind him is, I think, Judge – but I just feel like oh, I saw Lindor. Yeah. Like Judge and Lindor, I think are like neck and neck to yeah. be like the second guy, but I don't know as far as status wise, if Lindor is going to get traded or not, or if he's going to remain with the Indians. And then with, uh with the judge, I feel like Stanton and judge compete with each other for who's yeah. going to be. It's like, it reminds me of like when uh, KD was back with the Warriors and like it was hard for me to pick for him to be, like, regular season MVP because I'm like he has, like, Steph, Clay, and, like, all these different guys there. It's kind of like – it's kind of hard for me to just, like, think, like, KD or Steph are going to get the regular season MVP because I think they're going to cancel each other out. And I think the same thing that's going to happen with the with the Yankees is that Judge and Stanton, they pretty much kind of cancel each I other think, out. As far as I have
1: Stanton as a dark horse MVP.
0: I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be totally shocked because, let's face it, as you if you look at his – since he signed with the Yankees, he hasn't really lived up to that hype. That's just because he hasn't
1: been help, healthy, though, right, healthy. Right, right.
0: I get you, but you know how fick- how finicky and, and fickle Yankees fans can be. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they booed the guy in his first season after he struck out, like, I think what was it like seven consecutive games or something like that. Like, it was crazy. So, he, need, if, if anybody's like, I don't want to say this is a make or break year for him, but this is a year where Yankee fans are expecting him to finally show, like, "Hey, are you, are you?" <laughs> this is Giancarlo Stanton. Like, come on, like, need you to start playing like it. Well, I mean, he proved it to them game one. Yeah, but yeah. back to the Just Angels, need 50, I mean, 59 more
1: in <laughs> mid playoffs. Back to the Angels lineup. I mean, they're so stacked, and like, you cannot afford not to pitch to Mike Trout because that last season at the beginning they weren't pitching to Mike Trout. He had an on-base percentage close to 500 because pitchers just didn't want to pitch him and he'd just be patient. And because they knew the pitchers or the hitters behind him wouldn't bring him in all the time until Otani came back and was healthy. Then they started pitching more and more to Mike Trout. But I mean, this year with Rendon Otani and La batting behind him, if they don't pitch to him, the guys behind him will, will make him pay. So they have to pitch to Mike Trout and, If he wins this season, it'll be his fourth MVP. The only other player in MLB history to win four or more is Barry Bonds, like we said at the top of the show. And not to mention, he's been the runner-up for the MVP four times. So three MVPs and four runners-up in eight and a half seasons? Not too shabby, I would say.
0: (laughs) Not too shabby at all. All
1: right, NL MVP, who do you have, Corey? I'm
0: going with the guy over in ATL. Ronald Cunha Jr. Actually,
1: who's batting right now? Okay, this is getting scary. <laughs> he's literally batting right <laughs> now after talking about him and he gets <laughs> struck out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but nah, I, I think I think he this is a big year for him because in the NL East, in a division like maybe outside the the NL Central, that's one of the toughest divisions right now, uh, he's gotta be on his A game. And I think the only way that the Braves uh, kind of get into the postseason because I mean we mentioned it like Marquez Marquez opted out and uh, I think Puig like, isn't there anymore. Yeah, Puig not there, and also Freddie Freeman not in the mix either. So it's Freddie it's, Freeman's it's, playing. He's playing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But maybe potentially he could still opt out at any point, so you yeah. never really know because you know he did get COVID. So I think with him being 22 years old, Insane. it's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but he's got to perform. And coming off of last season, I, I would say, like, he wants to. And I, I would say he, he he's expected to really just to go off this year. He's one of those guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing have, like, a crazy just video game-type numbers year, like, stolen – I'm talking, like, he's well, he done he everything, stolen – Yeah, he did that last year. year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He did that last year, and I think, like, he's going to do it, like – been some because it's going to be like a Westbrook situation like he's gonna have to
1: yeah I with Acuna it's insane because this guy's like you said is only 22 years old and the Braves stole from him literally robbed him with that contract he has I don't know how but he signed a I think it was what an eight-year 100 million dollar contract or something like that so I think they absolutely robbed him when it came to that but yeah it this was really hard for me because Okunia was right there for me, and given what he did last year, where he was three stolen bases shy from the forty forty club, which <laughs> is an elite elite
0: company. Yeah.
1: So I mean, I think right. there's only what four guys ever in MLB history to be a part of the forty forty club. So he would be the fifth. That.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Yeah. So he th- that would have been insane for a twenty two year old to be a part of that club already, but. My NL MVP, I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. I mean, if healthy last season, I truly believe that he would have been the MVP last year, but it also would have been very close, not a knock to Bellinger's season at all. But he had a better batting average, better OPS, and only three less home runs than Cody Bellinger did last season in 26 less games. So I, I have no idea. What the hell happened from Miami to Milwaukee? I don't know. I'm telling you,
0: man, it was Barry Bonds. He, he said Barry Bonds but, but helped Barry,
1: change but Did Barry Bonds tell him to juice or what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because this all of a guy, sudden, yo, yeah, I agree. Yelich popped off and we saw it last year. Like him and Cody Bellinger were neck and neck the entire season.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: and, But Yelich, oh my God. In the last nine months of the regular season, he hasn't had an OPS. Of under 935. I feel like that's all I need to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: really all I need to say. That's how incredible Yelich is. And I think this year, I mean, he has guys to help him out with uh, Keston Hira now. So we'll definitely see how Yelich does, but I have him as my MVP. Let's go yeah. to a. AL- and, just, and just before oh, we ahead. get
0: into the next topic, uh, you were right. Only four guys have been a part of the 4040 club Jose Canseco, 1988, Barry Bonds, 1996, Alex Rodriguez, 1998, and Alfonso Soriano, 2006.
1: Damn, I haven't heard that name in forever. I know, right? I
0: know. Alfonso Soriano getting mentioned on the pod. Shout out to Alfonso. S- I know, right? They should have made.
1: Yo, yo, yo. I don't know how they didn't win a World Series, yeah. but I don't yeah, know, I don't it, know how, it was- right? Yeah, so he was almost a fifth player at 22 years old. Absolutely insane. But, all right, let's move on to AL, Cy Young. I have Garrett Cole. Who do you have, Corey?
0: I got Garrett Cole, too. I think that he's – I think him – I was apprehensive at the contract. I'm always apprehensive when I see, like, big, crazy, you know, contracts on just one guy. But – I don't blame I think, you because more
1: often than not, it doesn't work out. Well. But,
0: but but I think with it being different because he's a pitcher, the only thing you have to worry about, and I mean, it's pretty much with any athlete, but it's, it's injury. And it, it's just like making sure you don't overuse him or that you're smart with how you use him pretty much. Uh, and I think his impact is going to show for itself uh, as far as right now, maybe outside of, Scherzer, and I, I would say like you—you you could argue he's top three. I would say maybe, top three. I would yeah. Say top three. So I mean, it's kind of hard for me to like to look outside of anybody, you know? al wise
1: I would even say he's one B. Yeah. I would put the at one A and yeah. Eric Cole at one B. Yeah. Just because, given uh, of the career of the season he was coming off of last year, I mean. Somehow he didn't win the Cy Young, but that's because he lost it to his teammate, Justin Verlander, last year. Right, but, right. I mean, the, the, the contract they signed him to was well worth it. I mean, the guy was insane last year. I mean, had over 300 strikeouts, under 2.5 ERA. I mean, it was, I think, won 20 games as well, too. So, yeah, he was feeling I mean, And so you can't fun. even bring up, when, when you talk about the Astros, you can't bring up the whole cheating thing because he's a pitcher.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing about it was, like, after the the World Series, like, literally right after the World Series, this dude has a bra hat on, and he's like, yo, I didn't lose. I didn't lose the World Series. The mm-hmm. Astros did, because I'm a free agent, baby. I'm not on this team no more. The season's over. So I was like, yo, when I saw that, people were like, yo, like, Gary Coles and Scumbag, or like, yo, you literally just lost the World Series. He's like, yo, I didn't lose. They lost. I didn't. <laughs> Because I'm about to win with this contract. I'm about to I get also paid. Think,
1: I also think that Garrett Cole, the reason why he's going to win it, is just because if you look at the schedule this season, a sixth of the game is coming up against the Orioles. And another yeah. sixth, sixth yeah. of the game is yeah, coming yeah. up against the Blue Jays team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and plus, if since they're in the AL uh, East, they're going to be going up against the yeah, Marlins. Yeah, so they're gonna go, he may face the Marlins. It depends on what the scheduling of the rotation is. but. So, I mean, given that he's going to be pitching against those three teams, potentially, I mean, I like his chances to win this, Cy Young.
0: I like his chances, too.
1: All right, let's move on to the NL Cy Young. Who do you have, Corey? A
0: name that probably is going to shock a lot of people, but I'm going to go with Walker Buehler. I think that this is a, a time where the Dodgers are looking at Kershaw and they're looking at his health right now, and they're probably thinking, like, like, you know, well, Kershaw, we, we love you. Obviously, you know, we love like everything that you've done with our organization, but it's time to start maybe thinking about the future and the future potentially could be Walker Bueller. So, I mean, he had a big time year last year. Don't get me wrong. And he's been performing dynamite for the Dodgers. But if you want to talk about uh, convincing pretty much everybody that you're maybe the new ace in town. This would be a great opportunity to do it, and why not do it by adding a cherry on top and a Cy Young?
1: Yeah, this was a tough one because of Walker Buehler. I mean, the guy matured so much from last or from his previous season. Last year, he looked great. Even in the playoffs, he looked great. But there's no way I can go against Jacob DeGrom. No, I, I mean, get you. I he's get you. won back-to-back Cy Youngs already the last two years. Had a, and in these seasons, he had a sub-two ERA, a sub-two-and-a-half ERA and in those seasons, he had both had sub one whips and struck out over 250 batters both seasons. I mean, for crying out loud, this guy in 171 starts in his career and over 1100 innings pitched has a career ERA of 2.62, which yeah. is absolutely insane. And that's why, like I said before, he is my 1A pitcher and I would have Garrett Cole at 1B. Right it's because and- the consistency that this guy has been doing it in, through his entire career.
0: No, I get you. But, like, and then also you have to understand, like, Noah Syndergaard is not there. So, he's – this could be another amazing year from Jacob DeGrom. And uh, he's going to have to if the Mets are going to really be vying for uh, being a a playoff team this year. So.
1: Yeah. I don't don't see DeGrom slowing down. I mean, I'm watching the game right now, the Braves-Mets game, and so far through six innings – he has a shutout going yeah. on, so I mean, that kind of just... Surprise! Yeah, I know, right? And for you guys, we did, we were supposed to record on Thursday, but, so, and, and our picks were already locked in. Yeah, we are already before, in. before opening day happened, so, just to give a little clarifications. But, um, let's move on to AL, Rookie of the Year. I think it's kind of a landslide. Luis Robert. He's about to go off. Yeah, I mean, him. they're literally calling him the next Mike Trout movie. Yo, Vets because like, he can do everything. He has hits one of his for absurd said, power.
0: Like, he's, he's looking at like he could be a Hall of Famer. And I'm like, yo, let
1: the man, let the man yeah. live. Let the I mean, you have looked at him in summer camp and what he did in the minors as well. I mean, hits for absurd power, is a speedster and is a good good fielder and he hits for good contact. I mean that's basically all you can ask for in a player. He's going to be and, fun. He's going to be fun to watch this year. And add him to that stacked White Sox lineup too. That's scary. But I think he he the thing with Luis robert he's going to be a starter, penciled in as a starter day 1, which is going to give him the most starting opportunities out of this rookie class in the American League, which I I think allows him to put up better numbers than any other player would, which will be a uh, eye catcher for the voters
0: yeah i agree with you on that i think that uh like you said with him i I, i'm just excited to see how he's going to to perform like out the gate because no matter how much like hype there is with the with the rookie and how like you know uh you expect him to perform at a certain level i mean hell even you know, I, I know this is a different sport, but even Zion had, like, a little adjusting period that he had to do with, like, the NBA. Like, there is a period where you have to adjust to the league where it's – whether it's, like, the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, toward the end of the season, there's a rookie wall that, you know, guys go through. And that's where I kind of key in on guys to see, like, how do they push through. Like, if he's going through, like, maybe, like, a two-three game uh slump where he's going over and can't buy a hit – How's he going to react? You know, is he, is he going to be able to get out of it or is he going to, like, struggle and, God forbid, go and have <laughs> a, a, a terrible tail end of the season or something like that? But, like, uh, I, I'm just in, in, in intrigued by, you know, this young talent, and, and I'm ready to see how he influences the White Sox and how he makes his impact felt on the MLB as a whole.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to
0: NL Rookie of the Year. Who do you have, Corey? Going with that Dodger pitcher Dustin May, and 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 and, so you got two
1: Dodger pitchers winning awards, huh? I know
0: (laughs) it's funny enough because I feel like the Dodgers are gonna have a great regular season this year. But I feel like is it is
1: it because all the Dodger fans came at us for not picking them? No, 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 no. They did come
0: for us though. (laughs) God, they did come for us when they saw our post on uh, on IG about our, our, our our who we have winning. Uh, the World Series. They were like, "Where's the Dodgers?" Like, oh, yo, Corey
1: didn't even you know? have them in the World Series. No, I don't I, had I, don't,
0: him. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. And it's no disrespect. It's no disrespect at all. It's just my thinking is that just because you're going to be able to perform in the regular season, which sixty games, so that's 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 going to be it. It's I think it's different, and I think that that it's good for them that I think this is a shortened season. Cause if this maybe was like, you know, the normal 162, I don't think that it would just be a simple pencil in for the Dodgers. And even despite all that, there's a lot of new faces and a lot of young guys in here. And so there might be an adjusting period. And especially when you think about the playoffs is a different ball game compared to the regular season. And I think that just because you dominate the regular season doesn't guarantee you're going to dominate in the postseason. So I think that the Dodgers are going to have a hell of a <laughs> of a regular season, and I think that their pitching staff has a great ample opportunity to win some awards. And I think Dustin May is really—I was impressed with what he did um, last year and the uh, the few opportunities that he was able to get. And I think now, like like I like I said, like the Dodgers are going to be very careful with Kershaw. They're going to be very careful with Kershaw because they might even have this man uh, on some load management this year, to be honest with you, to steal like from Kawhi. Like they might have Kershaw on load management, to be honest with you. And I don't blame them because you don't want to 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 play with that back. And, and the man's back, it's no wonder the man's back has been hurting. He's been carrying the pitching staff for so long. <laughs> now – he can be relieved that he has a Walker viewer that he has a Dustin May and he has like so many different young guys to be able to come in there to where it's like he can finally breathe and allow these guys to, to to now be the new arms of the rotation and so I think like this is going to be ample opportunity for these young cats to come in and show what they got so I'm going with rookie of the year Dustin May
1: yeah I think Kershaw, he's already on the 10-day DL, so he's gonna he missed, obviously, opening day start, and I think he's going to miss one more start.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, like you said, I could see potentially the quote-unquote load management <laughs> happening.
0: And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all.
1: All right, NL Rookie of the Year, I have the Japanese Shogo Akiyama coming over from Japan with the Cincinnati Reds. I was going to choose Gavin Lux, but when he got optioned to the minors, it was kind of hard for me because... Akiyama's going to start day one. He's going to hit leadoff for the Reds. So I think with – I mean, also with the way Kike Hernandez was hitting last night, I don't see them not having any faith in him and possibly bringing up Gavin Lux. I mean, Corey Seager looked good last night as well too. So I think that middle of the infield is chilling with uh, whether it's Turner, Seager, or Kike Hernandez. So I don't see Gavin Lux getting a lot a lot of playing time this season, maybe. Maybe in the latter part, but maybe not in, initially. But um, Akiyama, I mean, he's coming over from the Japanese league where in the last three seasons he's hit over 300 and he's hit 20 or more home runs. So, I mean, he's proven he can play at a high level against good competition, too. And, I mean, with these stats, he played in the sim- same league that Shohei Otani was playing in before he came over. That's and if you compare point. their stats – He's his stats are very similar to Shohei Ohtani's hitting stats. I and mean, you we've seen how Shohei Ohtani is translated to the MLB coming from Japan. So didn't he win
0: Rookie of the
1: Year? Yeah, Shohei Ohtani won Rookie oh, of the
0: Year. Oh, uh, and I, hey, hey, uh, so, some Yankee fans
1: will be a little salty about that because they thought Gleyber Torres should have won it.
0: I know, I know.
1: But, but I mean, hey, Ohtani did it with both as a pitcher. Yeah, player. that's
0: what I mean. So,
1: um, but the thing is, is Akiyama is thirty-two years old. But I mean, with this stack lineup, AJ
0: nothing but a number. <laughs> ain't I ain't mean, we've seen nothing but that a with,
1: with, especially with Japanese players, we've seen that with Ichiro, we've seen that with uh, Tanaka, we've seen that with, uh, I mean, multiple players coming over from Japan. So yeah. he, he he's gonna hit for leadoff and he's gonna get on base. I think a good amount of times, especially since he was batting in like the three twenties in Japan too. So. I think the number hitting a leadoff gives you more opportunities as a hitter. So I think that's going to be eye-catching for voters as well. So I think that's going to help his case.
0: Yeah, also the fact that he is a foreign talent and everybody loves, Mm -hmm. like, the Mm -hmm. new guy, especially – because I don't know. I I think it's something about, like, Americans or it's just something about, like –
1: No, I think it's all sports. Yeah, I think in general. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's anywhere, really. Like, it's something about that new guy, especially if he's, like, from a different country – because like you look at intriguing. you look at the NFL,
1: yeah. you look at Ezekiel Ansah coming over from Africa. Only right, from one that season. is yeah,
0: yeah. And he isn't yeah. was,
1: Everyone was intrigued by him, and then in the NBA, you look at like Ricky Rubio, or you look at like the Milos Teodosic, or like Pascal the, 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 the Nikola Miritich. But I'm saying like guys that didn't really pan out. Right, like right. That right, we right, expected right. them to, but they had all this high praise for coming right. over from these. Yeah,
0: like, I, me- I remember. Uh, I remember. Uh, Somebody thought like uh, Ricky Rubio was just gonna like tear up the NBA. I and thought he,
1: I don't, I don't know why tear up, but I thought he was gonna be an. All-Star. I thought he
0: was gonna be solid. I thought because yeah. they thought he was gonna be like the next like Steve Nash. Because I mean, if you looked at R- young Ricky, go back and look at young Ricky Rubio. Did he not look like a young Steve Nash yeah. or a young uh uh oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Pistol Pete Maravich. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's 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 pretty much what people was looking at. They were like, yo, this is about to be a, a, a the new. Spanish Pistol P. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah, and we've seen it in baseball with – I mean, baseball, given they have way, way more people from foreign countries. Obviously, you look at, like, the Cubans, the Dominicans all Venezuela, coming over. Yeah. But, but yeah. you look at, like, the Japanese players coming over, the Korean players coming over as well. It's very, yeah. very intriguing to baseball fans. So, I think Akiyama was the, the best prospect coming over from the Eastern world. So, we'll see. Let's move on to AL Manager of the Year. Who do you have,
0: Corey? I'm going with. A. Hey, am all in with the White Sox. I mean, y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all might like. I got them winning the division. I got them. I got them winning a playoff series now, especially that the, the 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 playoffs have expanded. Oh, best for sure. Believe I got them winning at least a playoff series. So why not have them get the Manager of the Year, Rick Renteria? I'm thinking, yo, White Sox this year. This is going to be a very good year for the White Sox. Regardless how – if they win a World Series or not, be excited if you are a Chicago White Sox fan because you you, you got so much to be excited for. Luis Robert. I mean, this team is going to be very intriguing to say the least. The only thing is that I need to see some results on the field because, I mean, you got all this talent, all this potential. You I think they're going to gonna be like the Browns? They could possibly Yo. be like the Browns. Uh, I mean... Look amazing on paper, but – the only thing is, though, they don't really have anybody who's been, like, all that talkative, like, talking about – talking too crazy, so it's not yeah. really like a Baker Mayfield type well, I person. feel like you don't see that in baseball. Anymore. I know. I know. Which would be cra- – I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure guys, you know, talk crazy, like, off the field or when the camera's not on. But uh, as far as, like, in an interview to just, just talk crazy like that, I use yeah. I, I, you swear that you see it. But I think, yeah, White Sox are going to – be doing some, some serious things this year. and so Because I think this is going to be that year where they show promise and then next year is going to be where they're considered one of the favorites.
1: Yeah, my uh, AL manager rookie there, I'm going to go with my Halos, Joe Madden. I mean, first year coming over from the Cubbies, I think if he can finish the season with a top 10 to 15 pitching staff and a top 5 to 10 lineup, there's no reason why he shouldn't win this award. I
0: think obviously, and if he can get them to the playoffs, which, which, is which I think he yeah, with this playoff get, yeah. expansion, exactly, exactly. But, so, but so, I mean, that I that
1: AL West is very, very competitive still. Too, you have the Astros up there, and then you have that Athletics who's uh, been making always it for, sneaky good, yeah. always sneaky good. And then the Mariners can just randomly pop off. And I mean, don't sleep on the Rangers either. I mean, they yep. got Corey Kluber, Mike Minor, Lynn. They're, I mean, they're they're looking good. That pitching staff is looking good. So last year, the Angels finished fourth in their division and but now with the expanded playoffs they could potentially sneak in but i mean joe madden has had a, a resume of being a great first year manager you've seen it with the rays you've seen it with the cubs like he's turned those franchises around and i don't see why he doesn't do it with the angels cuz i actually feel like he has a lot more to work with than he did with those other teams
0: Yeah, and I'm rooting for Joe Madden to be successful because it's been a minute since we've seen Mike Trout in the postseason. So I, I I want to see that swept exactly. So I want to see the Angels get to you know the postseason because it's a shame when your best guy or your star guy ain't making the playoffs. And you know the NBA and like the NFL, like they have it so different to where like they're they're. The, the guy who was at least like the face of the league, you know, you know, you could say like, you know, you know, obviously Trout is considered the best player in the league, but at least the face of the league in like the NBA and the NFL is making it to the postseason. It's it's a travesty that Trout is arguably, without a doubt, considered by all intents and purposes, every writer, every casual fan as the best player in the face of the MLB. But he can't even get to the postseason. So I think Well that just speaks volume to how absolutely atrocious the Angels pitching staff is right. And I'm, now, that's not to say it's like all on Trout or it's it's solely on him because baseball, you know, at the end of the day is a team sport. But but if Madden is able to do that, then I, I'm 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 a happy I'm a happy camper because I want to see what Mike Trout can do in the postseason. Cause uh, I think
1: the, the lineup. I think the lineup won't be a problem for the Angels. It's obviously, like I said, it's, yeah. Pitching. It's never and been and offense. It's never been if it's if they even get top fifteen, and that's like that's like league average. That's how bad their pitching staff is. So even if they get top fifteen, I think that's a complete that's at least win. good enough to get into the that's a games. win for for I think Joe Madden and the Angels. So yeah. And that's bullpen including, because Angel's bullpen is, ugh.
0: That's a good point. You're right. If, if Madden, if, if, the, if the Angels work and they can get into the postseason, then yeah, you're right. He's a, he's a friendly guy to the media, so he's definitely a face that the mm-hmm. writers would definitely want to, to pencil in for that manager of the year, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right, let's move on to NL manager of the year. Uh, I have David Bell. Who do you have?
0: Yeah, I'm going David Bell Reds as well. Uh, I think this is going to be ex- a very exciting year for the Reds. Uh, just looking at, you know, we talked about them like so countlessly, like yeah. with their rotation, with their ballpark, with their their, their lineup. They're going to be a very a – very, a team that you don't expect, like when you just hear about, you know, teams around the league being good. It's like you don't instantly think Cincinnati Reds, but they're going to be a team that grows on – uh MLB fans as the season goes on, I think.
1: Yeah. I think this is one of the more intriguing teams in the league to watch this season. I mean, and given how bad they were last year, they finished fourth in their division. And now that they're a dark horse to even win the title or the world series. So, I mean, let's talk about a Cinderella story, but I mean, this, this lineup is already bolstered They And they added Castellanos, Moustakis, Akiyama. And then, yeah, we talked about their rotation with Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer. And they're in a tough division. That's the biggest thing, though. I mean, they're going to have to go up against the Cardinals, the Brewers,
0: the Cubs. Brewers. Even the Pirates are not an easy out on yeah. some occasions. So. And then
1: in the AL Central, they're going to have to go up against the Twins, Indians, White, and the Sox. White Sox. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: exactly. It's so. going to
1: be tough. I think if they win the division, the award will be Bell's to lose. It, it's his to lose, Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah. Even the if competition get, speaks for itself. Even if they're second in the division, I still think he'll be in the conversation.
0: Has to be has to be if you take a team from being one of the worst into the playoffs has to be in the conversation for sure
1: yeah i know for sure not a lot of teams are going to want to see
0: them in the playoffs either would all right well
1: that's going to wrap up this mlb galore episode uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media, on Twitter, the underscore nosebleeds, Instagram, the nosebleeds, Facebook, search out the nosebleeds podcast. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts If you listen on Apple Podcasts give us a five-star rating. Helps us out a lot. Write a review
0: if you're feeling generous. Corey, any last words? Uh, who's ready to play ball? Because it's time for baseball. It's time for baseball, man. And it's a good sighting to see. It's good to somewhat get some normalcy back into the world as far as like getting baseball back on television screens. And it's gonna be a very, very intriguing season. Just hopeful that uh, guys are being safe and, you know, COVID, you know, calms down and that guys are not, you know, just getting like hit with the, with the virus and able to stay safe and able to have like, for all intents and purposes, a really good season. Yeah. Breakdowns breakdowns are back with John Boy already. So, yeah, this season, <laughs> this season is already officially underway. Yeah, let's get it. And,
1: uh, MLB, if you're listening, if it's safe enough, mic up the goddamn players.
0: Please, please. please.
1: We saw, we a saw the manager interviews during both games, and we saw an interview with
0: Walker Bueller. What was it up with that interview? What was up with that interview randomly out of nowhere during the Dodgers Matt Chapman? Game? <laughs> yeah, everybody I was liked like, "Yo, it what the heck?
1: I liked it though." I mean, I know he has nothing to do with that game, but I liked it because, I mean, my, Matt Chapman has a very good
0: personality. Like, he has a very good TV. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about him. I'm just saying, like, it felt kind of like random out of nowhere. Like, it I mean, honestly,
1: been- I'm I'm fine. With, I'm fine with it. If it brings entertainment, I'm
0: down. Yeah, with it. I guess I guess it I guess it'd be more difficult to get. Like, bring interviews. in random
1: stars, I'm with it. Bringing Mike Trout during a freaking Indians
0: versus Twins game. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I get you. I guess yeah. it was just it just felt random initially when, when like you think about it, it's like whoa, like what's going on here? But like you said, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Just keep saying it, and it's gonna happen. It's gonna be fun. All
1: right, well that's gonna do it. Appreciate y'all listening. We out, deuces.